You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download today using code PHNX and new customers who bet just $1 in an NBA game for either team to score can win $100 in free bets this week. Welcome! We have not done a live show besides a post-game in so long. I'm Leah Merrill, joined by Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. We're back on our morning slot. It feels good to be back. I'm buzzing. I'm on cup number four right now, and I'm buzzing. PD already <laughs> vacuumed the whole office. I did. <laughs> a lot of energy on these morning shows. I miss them. I and thought about bringing a uh, bottle of Sambuca in in honor of uh, the guests we're going to have today, but uh, I didn't do it. So. Yeah, What's the like, over-under on this? The, I know Jacob's in here nervously awaiting the phone call. Is everything going to work? Greg, are we confident? We'll see. see. I'm not putting it on Jacob. I'm saying our guest is not extremely tech savvy. (laughs) And of course, (laughs) that guest we're talking about is Shane Doan. I mean, if you're a Coyotes fan, you know who Shane Doan is. We're super thrilled to have him. He'll be calling in in a couple minutes. So looking forward to Valley icon. Yeah. Uh, How many how many hockey players in Arizona do you know? that transcend the sport of hockey. I mean, Shane Doan made, made himself one of this, this city's best-known celebrities uh, across any board yeah. playing hockey. It's amazing. He but, is on the Mount Rushmore of Arizona yeah. professional athletes I without completely a question. Agree. Okay. Completely agree. Completely agree. So we're excited to have him. I, I think it's we are going to ask him a little bit about the rebuild. We'll talk about his family. We've got a lot of things to get into with yeah. him. He's the second Doan we've interviewed on this I know. podcast. I know. So. <laughs> and we're definitely have to get into that, too. Wow, we might have to bring that up, and too. Yeah. I, did, I did get a little bit of a cheat sheet from... from a certain family Ooh. member of questions to ask okay. as well. Okay. Not gonna call that family member. Before out, he but. gets here, Craig, is there any big notes uh, of at Coyotes World that we need to talk about? Yeah. First? Well, yesterday at practice, uh, I spoke to Andre Turney for just a couple minutes uh, afterward. Um, Alex Galchenyuk could be back on the ice today with the team. He could be practicing. He's been skating on his own, but he could be practicing with the team today. So that's something to watch. Uh, really curious because. The Coyotes need goals. They, they got a bunch of them against Seattle, but uh, scoring has been a problem, so we'll see where that goes. Also, uh, Kyle Capobianco is on the active roster. I know a lot of people were confused when they put him on waivers. It's really more of a procedural thing. It gives him roster flexibility, but my understanding is he's going to stick around with the team for the time being, and there's a good chance he's going to play soon. Uh, Turinia just said he needs to get a little more practice time before they put him on the ice because he missed he missed a lot of time. If you remember, he got hurt in the preseason. He hasn't had a chance to play. So, Do you anticipate both of them making this trip? I don't know yet. We'll, yeah. we'll probably find out 
you know, after after the game on Wednesday against Minnesota, what their sense is of both those guys. Any word from Wedgwood and the goaltenders for tomorrow against Minnesota? Nope. He, he hadn't made that decision yet. I asked him about it. Wedgwood still has his devil's gear on, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you do, can we... And I know we've talked a lot about Wedgwood. Two things. Where are they going to put the statue in front of Gila River? <laughs> Two, can we ask him about the video game case? Did, were you here when I was talking about that? The video game case with his picture on it? You might have missed that. I think I missed that. Well, can you ask him, when he got on the bus in New Jersey in 2017... Oh, he, and no, I did hear you. You did say Yeah, that. and he had that case with his likeness on the video game trip. Can you ask him about that if it still exists? I'd really like to get a picture of that. So right. ask him about that next chance you get. I will check in with him on that. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't, even, I don't even know what to make of that, to be honest. I, I'm just curious. I always want to ask. You, you said it was like, like a, was it like painted on or was yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I think it was painted. It might have been a sticker. That's why, I, like, my memory's fuzzy. I'm <laughs> early 50s. I'm just, I don't remember, but I just, I want to know. This is why Jacob likes us to do the morning shows. He's afraid by... The evening, you know, us old guys, oh no gosh. problem for Leah, but we'll probably Seriously, be falling asleep well, in the chair. Well, true story. Something I also want to bring up is we haven't talked about, look what I'm wearing today. I know. I Me too. I finally got my shirt <laughs> in the mail. I'm so excited. Petey said he knew I was going to wear this one, so he wore this one somehow. That's how you know we spent a lot of time yep. together. But I'm super excited to and have And Craig my, Craig didn't. didn't get the memo yeah at least you, know, you didn't wear a tie and another memo so i so i dropped the ball like bringing food for all of us so i was like i'm gonna bake muffins so i bake chocolate chip banana muffins bring them in i'm like wow finally i'm great craig's wife also baked chocolate chip banana muffins and he also brought them in today and i haven't tried your wife's yet she she baked them freshly yeah, and they were <laughs> they were warm they were warm and, they and mine and, and several people noted that they were warm. <laughs> so it's a competition now. Who baked the better And now I hear people getting into the office. We'll have to count them after. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Timothy's here, too. By oh the way, gosh. Timothy missed our last show. Wow, Timothy. Mildly disappointed. Out. <laughs> he was not there after our win. Just Man. saying. Wait, Timothy was not on the postgame? I don't think he was. Can we? We, we talk about Tim James here? Yes. yes. So what's the deal with that, Tim? You need to answer. <laughs> I mean, you're obviously following now. Where were you? We want to know. Be the muffin judge. Do I have a spotlight that I can shine on Tim right now? has a question for, can we ask Shane if he's finally paid to have someone other than himself decorate his daughter's condo from the commercial? (laughs) (laughs) We'll save that one in the mix. Honestly, we we, we may have to talk about worst commercials ever. Like, they're bad. His daughter, by the way, is an actress. Like, she's, we'll hopefully catch up on how his daughter's doing out in California. Um, But Shane clearly is not. Yeah. An actor. Um, so we t- have to Timothy t- says he was playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good response. The first win, Timothy. Come on. I didn't expect him to come back that quickly with an answer that good. The first I think, win. I, I expected hemming and hawing. Okay, that's good too. Shout oh out. Any God. other coyote news that we need? We got injuries covered. We got goaltending covered. Got a road trip coming Wait, up to you know Chicago. What we didn't talk about? What's Did that? you find out anything about this? That the team all wore suits on Saturdays. Yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of think it's like an optional thing. They get to decide. I don't think they're going to go casual. Do you think it was like a team decision? Maybe like I let's did not focus? ask. He, I did not ask. I did notice that. I just was curious. Yeah, about and that. they've worn suits on the road. Uh, you know, I, you guys I, I have knew seen that, that too. But just in terms of like they were on an eleven game losing streak, they all wore suits and then they won. So I don't know if it, so that they're going to they're going to probably becomes a superstition at that yeah. point, right? 
Well, and as we're waiting for Shane, can we talk a little game preview tomorrow night with the Minnesota Wild coming to town? Sure. You know, I I look at Minnesota as a team that's a four-line team. They're dangerous to score off the rush and off the forecheck. I'm concerned about this team coming into Gila River after the Seattle game. Craig, do we see any hope? Against Minnesota? I mean, they got a little confidence, right? They're feeling a little better about themselves. Um, Sure. Of course there's hope, right? I think they broke the offensive barrier now, and does that continue to roll? Um, oh, what is he doing? He's got everybody's muffins in his hands. Oh, oh Jacob, Jacob the has the muffins. So it's going to be a live. <laughs> is this going to be like a competition? Test. Are you going to do a taste test, test show? Yeah. Oh, come in, come so, in, Jacob. <laughs> okay. I'm also going to say, oh, oh I going to do this? Oh, and Shane's <laughs> calling right now, of course. So, and is, I don't know who's who. Right yeah. Okay. I don't know who's is who's, right? Okay. So this We're is doing a live right. taste. Do we have Shane also on this, or is Shane gonna? It's good. It's moist. Got a little bit of cinnamon in it. <laughs> I like it. Neither one is warm anymore. So the warmness is gone. Are you doing the, the taste test here? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, he is. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, you gotta be careful here. This, you gotta be really careful. The little muffin. Tara, is... are you watching? Craig, the little muffin is the winning muffin. That's really upsetting. Oh, no. Right. Craig's right, wife muffin. It's more, right, well, is he here? Yeah, he's yeah. here. He's here. Shane's here. All right. Okay, I just missed the muffin tasting contest. Oh. Hello. Oh, Shane. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. What's, where are you? Where are you, Shane? I'm just walking into the building. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, surprise, you're not on time again. What? That's are a, you kidding me? Literally, I'm that's a first. in the... Yeah, it is. Well, looking good, Donor. I appreciate you taking the time. We know how busy you are. They're pulling you in 100 different directions. We're really glad you took the time. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. If it wasn't for you guys, I probably really wouldn't come on this. But because it's you guys, I will. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, seriously, Craig needs more of an oh. ego right now. Oh, seriously, I have problems getting him into the studio in the morning. I bet. I, I've noticed that about him. His ego gets huge really quickly. <laughs> well, we're just Boy. glad to have Josh Doan's dad on the program yeah, you're tonight. Not yeah. the first, you're not the first Doan to make yeah. an appearance you're, on this show. So. so I gotta ask: is is this from your phone? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see, right? <laughs> the, the, we we'll talk see. about Josh. You have a history. Shane, we are. <clears throat> when we talk about Josh and we talk about him on the show, we do give a lot of ASU hockey love around here. And I'm sure his whole life has been that Shane Doan son. It has to have been. And in the Valley, and that's how we played hockey. Do you think we're getting to a point now that you've been removed from the game <laughs> that, that it won't be long till you are Josh Doan's dad? Like Keith Kachuk is Matthew and Brady's dad. Do you think you'll get to that point? Nothing can, would make me happier. Nothing would make that would be the coolest thing in the whole world to have that. Yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, obviously, he's got, he's had success and he's having success, and I think that he can have more. And I, I'm looking forward to it. What? By the way, as, as long as we're on ASU, we could we yeah. could roll on that for a little while. I've I've wondered when Mario Lemieux's son was here, he kept like he kept to himself. He stayed way off in the corner and try to avoid everybody. How do you handle those game days when you go to Oceanside? Yeah, we stay in the corner. <laughs> in the corner. Actually, I hang out with Scotty Niedemeyer. Scotty Niedemeyer and his wife and my wife and I, we usually sit together or stand at the back, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's fun. What, 
Oh, I was going to ask, what are your thoughts on NCAA hockey? Because you, of course, played Canadian junior, um, so you came up a different route. So what are your thoughts on NCAA and also the ASU program in general? Well, I think the ASU program's having success right now just with everything that's going on. I think that Greg Powers and Alex Hicks and those guys have done a good job of recruiting and, and getting some players in, and that makes a huge difference. Um, the college game itself is it's fast. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I notice is that they play with a lot of speed. Um, from junior, the players are so much younger, and I think you just get – you get faster and faster as you get older. Um, and it's a little bit more of a, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of a, just a fast game. And uh, so I think Josh is, is it's, a, it's helping him speed up his game, which I think is probably his biggest need. And, uh, and he's enjoying it. Shane, I'm curious uh, from a Canadian perspective, if, you know, it, it's always been, go the junior route, right? That's the way you get to the NHL. That's the way you fulfill your dreams. Are more Canadian kids considering NCAA hockey, which which often includes the USHL, right, which is what Josh did, but are more Canadian kids, do you think, considering that as a viable option? I think it's getting it's getting closer and closer to that. I think that it's something that as a, as a Canadian player, there's just, there's more awareness of what's going on down in the, in the U.S. I think in general, the world is kind of getting a little bit more and more, um, well, it's shrinking. And I think even Europeans, you start to, some of Joshua's friends that he played in the USHL, they went to the U.S. colleges, which is probably even more uncommon than uh, 10, 15 years ago. So I think it's, it's growing. Um, at the same time, I think the, the CHL is, um, the 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 talent in the CHL is incredible too. Like the way that the guys that get drafted in the first, second, third overall are coming out of the CHL and going straight to the NHL, which happens more, I think, in that league than any other league. Um, and I think that's so. It speaks volume about them both. I think they're. It's such a personal choice for me. It made no sense for me to go to college. But um, for Josh, it made so much more sense. It just gives him more runway to kind of uh, – he's not going to develop fully until he's probably 21, 22. Where at 18, I was 220, and I physically was developed enough that I could play. But, Shane, it's still a viable path to the NHL, though, right? I mean, we're seeing a lot of guys that are still able to go that development route through the NCAA, and they can still play in the National Hockey League, even though they chose to go to American University. Oh, no, no, no. That's my point, is that it's become more of a viable route than it's ever been. And for somebody like Josh, it give, it, it's such a personal choice. And I think in the past, the, the CHL was the, really the only choice. And now the, the USHL has shown that for there's individuals that it's better to go through the, through the, through the college system. Um, but... They're both are just, I think they're both equally as good. And, and it's such a personal choice in who, where you want to go and how you want to get there. And, and, and being able to understand who you are as a player, understanding what your identity as a player is. I think too often people try to lump, oh, no, that guy should definitely go to junior. And they don't really know the player and they don't know what is the way that he's going to play. And then there's other guys that they, hell, he needs to go to college. He needs, you know, it, it doesn't work. It has to be a personal a personal awareness of your own game 
and your own situation. It's it's so important. We've talked a lot about Josh, but I'm curious, what are the other Doan kids up to? <laughs> uh, Carson is, uh, he's my youngest boy. He's uh, singing and uh, doing the kind of art side. And then out of the blue, he decided to play football this year. So wow. he is playing football. <laughs> He figured out he's going to probably be better at running into things than uh, pretty much anything else. Uh, him and I are probably going to be ended up built. He's going to be ended up built more like me, and uh, that's usually what I was. You know, that's about the limit of my skills is running into things and picking things up. So that's what he's going to. So he's doing that right now, and he still loves to. He's the other day. Maybe my proudest moment ever as a dad was the other day. I came home and. Uh, he was playing the piano, and he was playing Piano Man, and then he switched over to Hamilton, the King song. I don't know if you guys know the King yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, it's a great song. And then he switched over to a third song. I can't remember the third song. And he's like, Dad, they're all the same. Look at this. And he's playing them and singing them. And I'm like, I can't hear anything that he's talking about, like what he's expressing. Like He's like, D- can you hear that? And I was like, I can't hear any of it, but I am so proud of you that you can because I don't see any of it and I don't get it and I don't understand it, but this is amazing. I have a son that can do that. So uh, it was a pretty cool moment for me. Um, so he's into that art side, but at the same time, he's, uh, he's just an awesome kid. And then my youngest daughter, Karis, is just uh, applied to go to Barrett's Honor College, so she's oh, hoping nice. to get in there. Um, and she's... And she's like the leader of our family, probably, and telling everyone what to do and making sure everyone <laughs> does it. She just finished, uh, she was the rector for Kairos, which is, I didn't understand totally, but I, I do now, um, which was a huge thing. And I was pretty proud of her for that. And my daughter, Gracie, is in California. Um, she had an audition the other day for uh, a show that... Uh, that George Clooney's directing. And so I don't know if she's got a call back for that, but she's having some fun trying to do that. And uh, she graduated last year and she's working, finding out that it's hard to work as a 22 year old. And uh, she has her bachelor of uh, fine arts, but she's trying to stay open to be able to do uh, the acting thing and loving it. And uh, yeah, a lot of no's, you get told no every single day. I don't know how she does it. She's an incredible person to have that much strength. So that's all of them. We talk about our, our director of content here, Greg Esposito, asked, we, we've seen you on our local television a lot redecorating your daughter's condo. She clearly yeah. is the actor of the family. Has she yeah. helped you out at all? Like, do we have to see that again, Shane? Like, she's no, great. She, you're she, not as much. Well, that's, that was me being a good dad. I mean, <laughs> bad actor. A bad actor is. And then, you know, when you're around, some, like if you're, if you're a fairly good runner, but you run beside someone that's really, really slow, then you look really, really fast. Fair. Like the flash, the flash that runs in for the Atlanta Braves, when, have you ever seen that guy do that flash? Yes. He looks like he's like the fastest man in the world. Mind you, he's running against guys that haven't ran 200 meters in 25 years and probably <laughs> had a few too many drinks. So he looks incredibly fast. So that's what I was doing. I was trying to be the guy that couldn't run, and she looked really good. That, so that's just me being, you know, selfless. Well, Shane, I'm going to take this in a different <laughs> direction joking. right now, buddy. 
I hate to do this to you, Shane. I'm going to take it in a little different direction just quickly. Okay. okay. We're going to take okay. it a little more serious because I know our fans, and we, we've, we talk a lot of Coyote hockey here. And okay. our fans are looking at a team that's 110 and 1. Um, mm-hmm. Frustrations are high with the fan base. Mm-hmm. They all understand what we're doing. They all understand what the team is trying to achieve and the stockpile of draft picks. And they're looking to the future. And believe me, they're on board with the rebuild and everybody's great. From your perspective, 12 games in, how is this rebuild progressing? And what can our fans hope for from the rebuild? Well... I've, and as we've went through this, I've heard a lot of people say lots of things about how hard this is and it's difficult, and, and it is. There's no question about it on everybody. But it is not harder on anyone than it is on the players themselves. Like, this is the hardest thing to have to deal with. As a player, I went through it a couple times, and it's, it's, it's hard to even explain because your family, your friends, people around you are telling you, you know, that, you know, the, what are you doing? How do you deal with this? What are you going to do? Do you, do you see, like, this isn't fair to you. This isn't, you know, what you signed up for. Um, and yet at the same time, that's being a player and you deal with it. I dealt with it, went through it, and it's hard. Um, 12 games in, and, I, and my heart breaks for the players. My heart really does break for the players because I know how hard it is. Um, 12 games in, I think there's some things that we're excited about. I think what Veggie's done and as a goaltender, um, he's somebody that we think that's a legitimate goalie that's kind of taken that next step. You look at Lawson Krauss, I think he's on the he's on the verge of becoming one of those premier guys that is capable of doing a lot. You're going to have to find some individual things that you get excited about. You're getting a chance to see Andrew Ladd. I think I'm excited about the fact that he's getting an opportunity to kind of achieve what he wants to kind of answer the bell that you know he felt that he didn't get a chance to in the last little bit here. <clears throat> you look at um guy like Gossespair and the type of he's kind of feeling the same way. There's things that we can feel that are we're seeing improvement. I think that we probably could easily have won probably three or four more games out of those 12, which not that that would have made us feel that much better, but at the same time, we're, I don't think we do this again. We don't go 1-10-1 again in the next 12. And I think that Bear is creating an environment that's positive and exciting. And um, and there is a there, facing adversity is never ever easy, and nobody ever wants to do it. And we're trying to figure out a way that uh, we can manage this. But my heart breaks for the players, um, and I'm a fan. I, my heart breaks as a fan too. But as much as I'm a fan, it's, uh, I've experienced what those guys are going through on a daily basis. And uh, as a fan, you get upset during the games, and you get upset when we lose, and you get upset when things don't go right. But you don't you don't carry it home. You don't go home back to you. You don't wake up in the morning thinking about it. And, um, these are competitive, competitive guys that want to win, and we got to find a way to give them a chance to still enjoy this game as we go through this, and find a way to make it so that they feel that they're benefiting from it as well. Shane, you mentioned that you've been through this yourself. We all remember the 2014-15 team, and that that was a rough season. In these instances, what is the responsibility? of leadership and veterans, how do you help get the guys through something like this, something that you probably know is going to last all season? You find small victories. You find small victories. Um, you do everything you can. That I remember thinking in that year and those a couple of years there where 
I still thought that if I played my best game, we had a chance to win. And if I played, if I was as good as I could possibly be today, we would have a chance to win. And I think that you just keep pushing that and you keep pushing that. And you keep finding the little small victories and finding the things that make it so that you, you have hope and you feel good because it's hard. It's so hard. It's, it's hard to explain to people that, um, like the guys are the most competitive people you'll come across in the day. Like the 23 guys that are in the dressing room, they're the most competitive guys. Like people talk, well, I'm really competitive. I'm like, well, you, you, I, I beg to differ that these guys aren't the most competitive people you'll come across. Mm. And you put them in a situation where that gets challenged every day, and that's hard. So then you find the small victories. You, you, you see little improvements. You notice that your game's improving in small areas. If you're a young guy, you, you help the young guys and you focus on them. I th- when I did it, I was going through it at the end of my career. And that was hard because I, I recognized that I was probably not going to get the chance to ever win a Stanley Cup and, and had to deal with all that went with that. So then you start talking to the young guys and you're like, hey, you got to enjoy the moments that are difficult. Like you have as much chance to grow in the, in the, in the valleys as you do on top. And uh, you got to figure those things out. That just sounded really philosophical. <laughs> but at the same time, it's true. That's what you have to do. But that's who, that's who you are, Shane. And do you have that picture of Shane post-game in the locker room? I don't know if Shane gets to see these pictures. I think so. With the book, that one. Do you have this? The one with the book. The one with the book. Sudoku. Oh, yeah. So this is Shane. <laughs> this, is, this is a typical Shane Doan after a game on the road. We talked about Shane Doan being philosophical. <laughs> Shane's an extremely, he, you know, he might not have the education that his son is getting, but Shane reads, no. he, he gets deep into subjects, and this was the Sudoku phase of Shane Doan, and he would sit yes. after. We would be late getting to the airplane because Shane's working on his Sudoku. Um, but that just kind of shows the other side. So when he talks about philosophy, Shane is extremely yes. well-read, and he learns subjects. If he wants to learn something, he's going in diving in with both feet um so i didn't mean to digress there shane but you talk about this now so you're up in the press box you're watching this do you get the itch going i wish i could get out there and help do you have that desire does it do you want to like i know you're watching it from afar do you wish you were in there battling with these guys uh, well i'd give anything to be able to do it again i am very aware that i could never do it again and that i would be no help <laughs> so that that part um but yes that it's funny. I remember. I remember Greg Adams and uh, Sean Berg telling me, "I'd give it. I'd give anything to have a bad day in the NHL again. Yeah. <laughs> like to have one of the bad days where you know you're getting bag skated because you get yelled at by the coach, and you're going back and forth up and down the ice and no pucks. I would give anything to have one of those days again in the NHL. Yeah. I know that I'm never ever capable of doing that again, so it's not that type of an itch. But I do envy the the moments that these guys get to go through and 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 and. I guess for me it's hard. Um, I want them to. I want them to enjoy the league because it's so special and it's so finite, and and, and it, there's a limit to it. And and uh, so as I'm watching and I see the struggle and I see the, you know, the dis- you lose a game and the discouragement in the players, and you want them to, okay, this is going. You're going to get through this. Oh, are you still there, donor? <laughs> We just lost the volume. We just lost the volume. Uh oh. Unmute it, Shane. <laughs> oh no, he muted himself. <laughs> <laughs> You're muted, buddy. Um, this is a good time to do your read. Oh. oh. <laughs> All right. Well we'll come yep. we'll come back to him in a second. Yeah. 
we'll flip, we'll come back to Shane in a second once we get him back. So we'll just take this time to remind everyone that our show today is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And this week, um, if you bet new customers who bet just $1 on either team to score in an NBA game can win $100 in free bets. Oh, he's back. We'll just, uh, <laughs> we'll just uh, finish this up really quick. So uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And like I said before, if you sign up using the code PHNX and bet just $1 on either team to score in an NBA game, you win $100 in free bets. I'm pretty sure you're going to get scoring in an NBA game. So <laughs> easy money, easy money for you. So make sure um, you use that promo code PHNX this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. That's 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right. Well, we'll get him back in a moment. We're hoping. We're hoping we'll get Shane <laughs> back. You, you, you saw this coming. We did predicting, but we got we, to we got to kind of get a little tour of inside the <laughs> arena. Like sitting there. out in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. But I think it's, that 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 what, what was interesting to me with Shane is how serious mm-hmm. and how he thinks of the players first. And I I know we're all sitting here going, oh, we're one ten and one. Those guys live it like that's yeah. their entire lives. Yeah. So I think that that perspective. Hey, we're sitting there feeling this. Those guys live it every second they're at the rink. This is about what they have to do for their livelihood and their family and their friends. So I think that that was a really good, you know, and I think Shane, can you hear us again? Yeah, I can. Sorry guys. Oh. Okay, great. Well, yeah. And I, I wanted to make a point on that. Uh, it, we, we were just talking about how you, how you understand this so deeply from a player perspective, what it's like to go through this after that win against Seattle, I saw you out in the hallway talking to a lot of guys. There's, there's, can you just, can you capture what that atm- atmosphere was like and what you were trying to do? You were clearly trying to build guys up. I could see that. Yeah, you know what? It's one of those things that um, it was funny listening to. I think we were talking, Craig, that one of the guys mentioned that, you know, this was as big a win as he'd had since he'd won the Stanley Cup because of the <laughs> wow. pressure that those guys were under and the emotion and the energy and the way that it happened, like the way that the game went. Um, and I'm a huge Lawson Krauss fan, and, uh, and to have him score that goal, we were laughing and joking about how his celebration was like, it was a pure, like, mm-hmm. little boy's celebration. Like, <laughs> a little leap. The air, jump. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't one of those calculated, I'm planning out my celebration. This was just, like, <laughs> pure emotion, let it go, yeah. and you look like Phil Mickelson on the putting green where you can't high five the guy properly. Like you just, it was just, it was perfect. And I love that. That's, that's my favorite part of the game is seeing those moments. And, uh, and I, and I want to experience, I want to help the guys out and I want to experience it as well because it's, it's fun to be a part of that. And for those guys, I think that was a big win and, 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 and you want them to know that you're in the, that you're, I think, emotionally invested with them. You're, you're emotionally in this with them. It's not like, you know, you're sitting on the sidelines. You, you want to help them. You want to do what you can to help them. I want to shift gears a little bit here now. We'll, we'll, we'll stop being so serious now. I got some uh, kind of a cheat sheet from a family <laughs> member that I won't name. Oh, oh no. I, I was <laughs> supposed to lead off by asking you eat. about... He makes things up all the time, so don't even listen <laughs> right. to him. All right. Well, that, that fits with fantasy baseball then, because I'm supposed to ask you about <laughs> fantasy baseball. I'm yes, told yes. that you're a bit obsessed with it. What? Not <laughs> at all. I, I've had the same team for 17 years, and 
everyone does that i think like we've We've had a keeper league, and I've went through drafts, and I've developed some young guys, and I'm uh, really excited about my team. And um, I got some young guys in the minors that I'm looking forward to bringing up soon, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So but, how's I mean, that, everyone does that. With, with how's that team doing? I lost in the semifinals this year. <laughs> kidding me? To Brutus, to Barb's, Jason LaBarbera. So, <laughs> I'm so mad about it because it's the only guy that I really, really, really want to beat. It's probably Barb's. So. Wait, he, explain that. Why? Why only Barb's? Because he is. Um, well, him and Mike Stone are probably two of the better ones. Actually, Jerome McGinley's in it as well. So we were the final four, and I wanted to win. I didn't want to lose to. I, I could have handled losing to Stoner if I had to, except for he's he's got the best team right now. Yeah. But Barb's is just cocky and arrogant and just a bad person. <laughs> So, I'm totally <laughs> bad person. Yeah. And one of the nicest guys in hockey, Jason LaBarbera. Literally, maybe my favorite, one of my favorite people I've ever got, came across in hockey. And and yet That's he great. sends me these emojis when he beats me, or whatever, I, whatever gifs or whatever they are. Yeah. And it bugs me. And so I might send a few back to him, so we have a few um, inappropriate gifs going back and forth to each other and have, uh, have a lot of fun with that. Um, Oh. But yeah, oh that's so fun. Our team, Mike Bond is on. He's the, the commissioner, the evil commissioner. And then we got uh, uh, Johnny Bernal is still in the league. Stephen Reimprecht, Brian McGratton, wow. um, Christian Dvorak's a new guy that's joined it. Um, Matt Stajan's in there. It's a fun group. But uh, we have a good time. There's, I think there's 14 teams, so it's it's a blast. I was just going to ask, um, you know, you mentioned sending GIFs back and forth. These two talk to text. Do you talk to text? Because I've never seen people like voice talk, text voice text more than these two. I can't spell. So I have to talk. Well, and those oh big mitts gosh. yours too. Can you even oh hit the little goodness. keys with those hands? Good grief. It's, it's unbelievable. I can't spell and I hit the wrong button all the time. And you, well, they both got texts from me in the past that I'm sure they're like, what the heck is he trying? What is he trying to say? It is no punctuation, and the worst texter in the history of texting is me. So, and they can chirp me about whatever they want in regards to response and delays and busy that. guy. It's all true. Yeah, it's all true. You're a busy guy, and yeah. you know what? I feel okay with that, Shane, because I know it's literally everybody, including and up to your second dad, Stan Wilson. <laughs> and do you have that picture? Yes. There's a picture that says Stan and donor. Oh, let's see. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Is it the right? No. Nope. That's, oh. <laughs> We're going to talk about your fashion. <laughs> no. It's the one that, that says, good you, preview, could, though. you could don't stand. Now you know what's coming. <laughs> oh, might not have sent it. Go back to that one, the jacket one. So we oh, talked okay. about your fashion sense, Shane. This they're jacket. They're in the background. It, they're standing in the background. That's Shane's second dad, by the way. If you could see Shane's fashion sense on the road. <laughs> The guys. Hey, that's a good jacket back then. In buddy. The time, it was, that was, <laughs> buddy. It was so thick. So guys called that the horse blanket. <laughs> you, it is so thick and heavy and awful. And he'd wear it, it all. It wasn't awful. It's beautiful. Oh. Wear that again. It's a little boxy. Little boxy. You'll have to do it again. Well, you talked about Stan in the background, and you talk about your love of horses. We got the horse blanket. Do you still get a chance to now that you're? home and you're not traveling at the NHL and you're not playing, you're still in it. Do you get a time to get away, get on a horse and ride through the desert? Is that still a part of what you do now in your life? 
Yeah, I, well, I haven't done it near as much. My the, my rope horse went vicular in his foot, so I had a pretty good kind of routine down. And when he went vicular, there, it means that the inside of their hoof gets soft, yeah. and they, they have to be careful. And I couldn't ride him for about probably about five months. So I ended up sending him back up to Canada, and I brought down another one and uh, was riding him. And his uh, he got a crack in his hoof, so we're going to have to give him. He, we thought he'd be ready by the end of this by the end of this fall and he's still a little sore so i haven't rode as much as i probably thought i would um but i'm still enjoying it and part of it um uh, i get to go out there every now and again and kind of see him and we'll ride in the arena but we haven't ridden him out very much is that a is that just kind of a clear your mind experience is that what that is yeah you don't when you do it it's funny because you put your phone down and you set it in your back pocket or you put it and leave it in the truck and you ride for an hour and you really don't think about, you're not thinking about everything else that's going on. You're just like, okay, well, let's, let's ride along here and you're paying attention to your horse. And if, if they're not acting right, then you're re- even more focused on them. And if they're acting right, then you're just kind of enjoying the, the quiet. Um, there's a great line in, uh, in one of the songs is, um, what is, I can't remember the name of it. But it says uh, that there's no peace and still like you can find you can't find this type of peace and still in a pill. And it's just about being quiet, riding in nature. It's kind mm. of a cool song. I like it. Mm. Since we're on the uh, topic of, of animals, farm animals um, and Bobby, Bobby <laughs> Francis, by the way, called Shane the pig farmer. That was his nickname for it. <laughs> Way back a lot when, of people did back then. <laughs> <laughs> way back when, when they re- retired your number, I, I did a story series called 19 Days of Doan. One of those stories was on branding, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, castrating. Yeah. Do you still do that, by the way? Is there the annual thing that, that you had Tyson Nash up to and, and just absolutely horrified him for life? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done that. We, we do more steers now, so we'll run about 160 head of steers and then uh, buy them in the spring and sell them in the fall. So uh, that's a lot of work, and mom and dad are getting a little older, and it's not something that... Uh, I've thought about it. I looked at cow-calf pairs this last year to do it again. Um, but right now, and it was a good choice because <laughs> there's no hay at home. It's, man, <laughs> I am sounding like a farmer right now. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that there is just, there's no hay at home, right? We got no rain. And, well, we had a great uh, a great spring. We had It was just too hot in the fall and lost all our hay. So it was a good choice not to, but we don't do that anymore as well. We haven't done it the last few years just okay. because we're giving mom and dad a break and, and no one else. We don't want to, it's, it's a lot of work. Calving season is so much work. It's middle of the night checking the cattle. And dad doesn't want to be, I don't want dad doing that. He would do it. I know he would do it if I did it, but uh, I don't want him to do it. So. Of all the people you brought up there, who was the worst at it? Was it Nash? Um, nope. There are some other people that were way, way worse than Tyson. <laughs> like way worse. I got a video of some people that literally have no idea what, and we did it in such a bizarre way. Like usually you do it with a chute and a cradle and you kind of flip them on their side and then they would do. So the way we would do it is you'd put one in the, in the chute and then you'd let one go and then I'd throw one. So then we, I'd throw one and then they put one in the chute then I'd throw one and they put it in the chute, but you get tired, like exhausted tired because they're big and they're heavy and, Holding on to them is, is a lot of fun. Craig mentioned the retirement of the number 19, and, and no coyote will wear that number again. 
so it's so iconic for Coyotes fans to see that number 19 and it's you. You're 19. That's what people call you. Why 19? Like, what, did it something as a kid or is it somebody you emulated? Like, why, why and where 19 came from? So I wish it was way more like romantic than it really is, but there is, it was, so I was number four growing up because I wanted to be Bobby Orr as a, I was a defenseman. And then I was always the youngest guy on the team because my birthday is later in October and uh, most guys that played the game seem to be born earlier in the season. If you read the book by Mel- Malcolm Gladwell, it, the Outsiders, he kind of goes through all the, anyway, sorry. Um, so, uh, it's, it, I was always one of the youngest guys, so I always would get last choice. And the year before I went to Kamloops, I was number 28. And when I got to Kamloops, 28 was available. The only problem was the guy that wore it the year before was Scott Niedemeyer. And oh. I was like, yeah, no chance I'm wearing that yeah. jersey. Um, and then a gentleman that was, that's, uh, was around the same age as me was from Cranbrook and wanted to be Scott Niedemeyer. So he asked for that number. And so the last number left was 19. And I was like, yeah, that's great. And at the time, wow. it was obviously Stevie Eiserman and Joe Sackick. And I thought they were incredible and amazing. And, and uh, so I was, I was excited about that. And I loved kind of the history of the game. And so that was kind of cool. And then when I got to Winnipeg, I wore 21 for the first nine games of my career. Right. Um, because Nelson Emerson had it when I got there. They traded, they traded him in training camp, and Craig Helzinga, who's the assistant GM of the, of the Winnipeg Jets, was our trainer at the time. And he's like, Shane, if you want 19, um, you can have it now. And I, or actually, the train, the, uh, John Paddock came and said, Shane, if you want 19, you can have it now. And I was like, I haven't made the team yet. I'm not taking, I'm not changing my number. I'm not doing anything. I'm just keeping my mouth shut and staying away from getting noticed too much. Um, and so I waited for my first nine games and then Zinger came to me and said, okay, kid, you good job waiting. You've waited near nine games. You can have number 19 now. And so then he gave me 19 and I've been with it ever since. And it's funny cause you'll see my rookie card. Some of my rookie cards, I'm in 21, but that was before the, only the first nine games of my career. Wow. How is bizarre weird? <laughs> how how is this new gig for you? How is it's? I can't say retirement. I mean, you're not a player anymore. But how is this new gig? How busy are you? <laughs> what are you doing on a daily basis? Um, you know what? I come to the arena pretty much every day. Um, do different things, uh, trying to help out with different areas. If there's something that I can help out with the hockey side, I'll go in the hockey office room and help out there. If there's something I can help out on the business side, I'll, I'll do what I can to help out there as well. I'm really trying just to create, you know, do what I can to help the organization get better in kind of all facets of it. And I think the reason it's a chief hockey development officer is a chief and the officer, which I didn't understand in the beginning, are kind of the business side of, you know, the business of business in general. I guess I sound like the guy from Lego. Um, <laughs> anyways, the... Uh, so that would be the business side and then the, the development side is I enjoy that too. I enjoy going through players and, and talking about players and talking a little bit about systems. Um, Petey and I used to do it after every road trip where we'd sit in the bus, when we'd get off the bus and we'd sit and talk for two or three hours sitting outside the bus until three thirty four in the morning because we landed at 2. And then we'd do that and it was, it was something that I still enjoy doing that. Shane, you brought that up and I wasn't going to talk about that, but as a... That was early in my career on that staff. And you were still a fairly young player. And we would, 
we'd park the bus at Kirlin, all the guys would jump in their car and drive away. And Shane and I would be the last two standing. And it would just be talking about hockey. And I would get the perspective of the player. What's going on in the room? What are the players thinking? What are the players feeling? And then he would ask the same, well, what are the coaches thinking? What are the coaches, you know, what, what's going on in that room? And it was just a good exchange of just hockey. And I, honestly, one of my fondest memories over 23 years was the time we spent talking hockey. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Shane, for allowing me to do that. I, I really enjoyed those moments. Thank you. Yeah, that was a blast. And for me, I wanted to understand the game. You have to, I think it's so important to get points of view. Every point of view is so different. And I think that, you know, as a player, my point of view was drastically different than what Petey would see. And so then him and I would talk and discuss, you know, why why is this going on? What do you see here? What do you see there? And I'm very opinionated, and yet I think I, I, I try to keep as much as – listen and try to be well i'm trying to be a better listener and (laughs) somebody that will take that will take an opinion and look at it from a different angle but i think that started with pd with being willing to kind of see things from a different angle that it's like oh okay i totally disagree with that decision but i understand (laughs) why that decision was made yeah and that and it it helped it helped so much and i think it gave me a better grasp of just the coach's room and and then it was a huge asset for me um, we did just get the stand picture and so you can Oh I wanna show you that. Oh. this there. This oh. is oh, you this too. is kinda of stands mm-hmm. this kind of shows the family atmosphere that Shane helped bring to this team. On the left of this picture is is our the old massage therapist of the coyotes. His name was Yuka Neiman and who who sadly passed at what? a very young age. It was terrible, terrible. This is Shane's one thousandth game celebration. <laughs> it was on a plane ride. All, we were headed yes. to Anaheim, and he didn't get the regular, everybody gets to go out in the city. We had to get on a plane. And this just shows, first, one, how happy he is, and <laughs> how he's celebrating. And he get a, he got to do it with the people he truly cared about. And I, uh, this is one of the pictures that just kind of defines Shane Doan for me. <laughs> that, that, was, that was an incredible... Yuka is one of those people that we all miss very, very much. A little bit of chicken fried, eh? Yeah. We requested fried, it huh? every time back in Nashville for the next 15 he, years. He I hated raise a glass. country music. He hated country music, but he did love the song Chicken Fried. So in Nashville, he would walk into the bars with us, put down 20 bucks into the tip jar and say, play Chicken Fried. And that's it. That's all he wanted to hear. He didn't want to hear anything else. And but so not only did tradition. he like it, Shane, he would sit in his massage room and you didn't hear it once or twice. Yeah. Or th- he literally played it on a loop. <laughs> I went, yeah. I remember in Anaheim, I was sitting in the coach's room. His massage room was right next door and chicken fried came on second time, a third time, a fourth time. I'm going out of my mind. So I finally go, oh, yeah. Yuka. I said, who is playing this song? And Yuka's a big guy. Yeah. And he said, I am. What you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. And we literally had a fisticuffs in the middle. We wrestled in the locker room in Anaheim. I swear we did. What, we fought over yeah, it. What are you going to do about it, buds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he pinned me in about 30 seconds, and he won, yeah. and we listened He's to Chicken Fried. You He's know what I've man. learned about Petey from spending time with him on the show? He's had altercations with a yeah. lot of people of the Coyotes organization. I'm a little stubborn, Shane. Hey, hey, as as opinionated as I am, Petey is just as opinionated. Yeah. And that's what made our conversation so much fun. Yeah, we would get heated. Shane and I, would we never came to physical blows because I'm not no. that dumb. But we would get into some heated philosophical discussions about some oh, very serious yes. topics. Wait, so speaking of, you know, just having opinions, I need to know, because this is a hot debated topic on our show. Do you put ketchup on hot dogs? Oh, no. 
Oh, well, if you have relish and mustard, but you can't do just one. You have to have all three. Well, Craig, what do you think? Craig? Craig's disappointed. <laughs> he doesn't think ketchup belongs on hot dogs, and I do. You know I'm from what? Chicago. Yeah, you Chicago. Can't, <laughs> you can't have know, ketchup on a hot so dog if you're from Chicago, that. unless you're Christian Fisher, who I don't know what happened there. It was clearly bad parenting. <laughs> but but you, have, you have to have relish on them. Relish is part of a Chicago dog. He says yes. relish is fine. Everything else but ketchup. Yeah, so it's pretty oh, no, much no, no. it. You got to have ketchup with the but, relish, with the mustard. Well, we're okay, talking about food. Hey, it was nice knowing you. Shane, <laughs> we'll talk about food briefly because this was – like Shane's one of the few – old school hockey. Shane was there when rookies grabbed the suitcases off the bus <laughs> and carried, like when Keith Kachuk, do you think Keith Kachuk and Jeremy Roenick picked a bag up off the bus? No, it was they Shane Doan and Danny Briere. I guarantee it. Now, yeah, Shane, do rookies... stride. There was a rule, don't make... That was what the vets would say, don't make me break stride. So they'd get off the bus <laughs> and you'd have to get to the door and open the door before so they never ever broke stride. So that you walk right into their room, don't break stride. Game's changed. That's great. Game's yeah, changed. They awesome. don't do that anymore. But that brings me back to the food. So post-game meals, or excuse me, pre-game meals in the hotels used to have a lot ice of cream. items that you don't see anymore. Ice cream. Shane Doan, we had ice cream in the rooms. And yes. Shane Doan, the ice cream. We're not getting rid of ice cream. It was a bone of contention with general managers, coaches, and Shane Doan. There was ice cream until the day Shane Doan retired. There is no longer ice cream in the pregame meals. Yes, and I don't understand it. Like, it's not like, <laughs> have you seen these guys? Like, they are shredded and ripped. It's like, really, the ice cream is going to be the difference? You want to talk about getting in their head about a young guy being like, you had a bowl of ice cream, so now you're going to be terrible. And I go, that's a great message to send to our guys. But, yeah. And they're like... It's it's like, well, you don't need healthy enough. You're right, because they, they ate a bowl of ice cream, and now they're going to be bad. But you can't control them for the other 20 hours in a day that you can't see them. And I promise you they're eating stuff that's going to make them feel worse if you're not watching them. So give them the freedom to make their own choices and let them be men. That's my opinion. <laughs> wow. Don't tell Mike Bond, the former strength and conditioning oh, coach. Oh, Every And every one of those guys hated me for that. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I think you did fine, Shane. Yeah. Your career and was think, just fine. And guess what? It's, it makes it so that you, if you're if you're abusing it, then yes, we should watch it. But it goes back to balance, and we need guys to have better balance just in general, and and trust that the guys are going to have balance, and, and they do, they do. And Shane, I want to show you another picture here. This is you later in your career taking care of your body, and this is how you were able to place one. So this is a day towards the end of Shane's career. It's Marty Hans on the left and Antoine Vermette on the right, and there's Shane Doan in the hot tub. They had to practice, and Shane got a maintenance day to feel Whoa. better. What's, okay, wait. I did not take one optional for my first 600 games. And that is 100% the truth. Not one time. And guys, to the point where, like, Tip and Bobby Francis were, like, annoyed at me because they'd give me a day off. They'd be like, oh, it's an optional. And I'm like, well, I'm skating. I like, I love to skate. It's so much fun to be on the ice. And, yes, I did get a couple at the end of my career. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, hey, Martin Hansel was mad. That's obviously not a real practice because I think he only practiced, like, 20 times in the last 10 years. Oh, oh God, him. Yeah, because he's never ever practiced. I, I practiced four times as much as Marty Hansel did when I was forty, and he was whatever he was, twenty-five. Yeah, and you never left the ice, by the way. I would if I no, if I, I knew I was talking to you that day. I knew I was going to be there an extra hour. 
Because yeah, you well, get we off the ice. Of our games at the end of the practice. Have what? fun out there. <laughs> That's right. But then in the locker room, I, how many times did we close down the locker room? I remember Rich and Aaron telling me, get a room when I was talking to you yeah, one day. Yeah, because... all the time. <laughs> that was Everyone loves that. Hey, my theory, I'm, I, I'm reading a book right now, The Relentless Elimination of, of Hurry, which Petey's already teased me about being late. And so I'm, I probably took that a little too far in some areas because that's where I need a little bit more balance in my life. But um, it's one of those things that I think that relationships and everything that is good in life, if you are in a hurry, you're going to miss out on it. And so I, for the most part, tried to slow things down as much as I can. Well, that's what we call and, a walk and up. And when I played the game, apparently out on the ice. At the- <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, not as quick as, Petey, as your son. As Petey would point out to me at the end of my career, quite often. Yeah, Shane, I think you're 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 missing a step. Like that's you're you're definitely slowing <laughs> so, down, Shane. We're going to talk about that. Our beloved equipment manager, Stan Wilson, we've talked about. They order sticks for the players, and they have their names on their sticks, right? So it's like <laughs> S. Don. S. Don no, would be on I a stick. There was a set of sticks that came in that said S. D O N E. So it became Shane, you are so done. So, so done. And that so became a, a mantra in the locker room for years because his career, Shane, you're so I was done. The, you're so done. Aren't you done yet? I okay. have done a lot of things, but no. We have a show here at PHNX called The Sports Show, and we talk about all kinds of different topics, okay? We get yep. to hear from the Diamondbacks guys, the Cardinals guys, the Sun guys. We all get in a room, and we talk Arizona sports at PHNX. And one of the topics I was involved in a few weeks ago was the best sports nicknames in Arizona history. And I was responsible for bringing coyote names. And unfortunately, guys like you, hockey guys are lazy. It's <laughs> ER, Donor, or Schmitty, or yeah. Galley, and like, honestly, Vermi, Verbi. Lazy. Add a wire and ER. Killer. Vermi was killer, remember? Oh, yeah. Well, see, some of these are maybe an inside, and that brings my point. So two things. Yeah. Were you on the Coyotes caravan with defenseman Norm McIver? One. If you weren't. Yeah. Norm McIntyre MacGyver. Yeah. Herb McIntyre. This, we want to know the best Coyote player nickname of all time from your lips. What's the best Coyote nickname all time? Well, it's not a nickname. It's just the best name of a player, I believe, in professional sports. And it was Paris Doofus. <laughs> That's a good call. That's his actual name. It's <laughs> not a nickname. <laughs> It's not a nickname. I have his jersey. I got his Mike jersey made up. That's the only jersey I ever have is Paris Doofus's. And it's just unbelievable. Like, that's his name. And he's, he's, he played, I think he only played one game for us. And when he, he was a goalie, I think he lives in Colorado now. And it was like, wait a minute. Can you, can you say your name again? And you say, it's Paris Doofus. I'm like, that is awesome. Like, awesome. Oh, but man. For nicknames, I think the Walt is a good nickname. Like, I think Walt's name for Keith Kachuk was a good name. That's one of those ones. Um, and your good buddy Yandel? Yand, yeah. That's a great nickname. I know. The, the, I, I can, can I say you can. it? You can. You can say it. Okay. It's, Jelly was like the best nickname ever. Because? Uh, because his name's KY. KY. The initials are KY. <laughs> and so then, so he was so proud. He was so embarrassed, he said, of that nickname when he was younger because his uncles would call him that. 
And then when he got older, he's like, oh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, do you <laughs> keep in touch with these guys, Shane? We had a we had a oh, thing yeah, we talked about sure. guys. Do you meet those guys on the road? Like after Keith got traded, would you still see him for dinners? Did you meet with him? Do you guys still stay in touch? Is the is there a, a strong, you know, alumni group with these coyote guys? Yeah, there is. And and it's hilarious. Like Teppo Newman and Wall of the Blue will send me like making fun of me some just out of the blue you'll get an I'll get a text of like a pig or of something like just <laughs> one of your pigs got out or maybe some, like just dumb things. And yeah, we stay in touch. And when we're, remember Petey, when we did that uh, 20 year reunion, when uh, we had everyone come back and we did that kind of, we did a kind of hot stove at DC ranch. Yeah. We had everyone there on the mic. It was like, it was the coolest thing because it's crazy on how you fall right back into your role as a player like i was a young guy the lowest on the totem pole and we got around those 20 guys and it was like instantaneously i was the young guy i was the lowest on the totem pole and i loved it it was so cool we had garts and keith and jr and jimmy mack and dally drake and chris king and cliff ronning and all those guys there and yeah we all stay in touch i think that's that's a big part of what i want to do here with the alumni is really kind of bring that that um, personal touch back to those guys and really make it something that I want us to be the most welcoming organization to the alumni in the league where if you're part of the Coyotes, it's a special, special group. There's a couple teams that have it. I think St. Louis does a good job. Calgary does a pretty good job. Um, but I think that here in Arizona, we, we have a ton of guys from other teams that are here in town with like Mike Medano and, uh, and yeah. Marty McSorley and uh, Peter Budai Eddie Lack and all these guys, and I think that'd be uh, it'd be somebody that we could really we could really do a good job as an organization of bringing all that back. Well, Shane, we have kept you a full hour, and we are all aware that if we asked you to, you would stay longer. Um, (laughs) But just really want to say thank you so much for being here. Really, thanks thanks for sharing the time with us. Always great to talk to you. And before I let you go, and before I let Leah sign off here, I'm I'm supposed to relay that Josh is much better than you at FIFA. Oh my goodness! And that is a lie. I won't argue with a lot of things. But I, well, yeah, I will. But on, on, on that particular point, I am very sensitive. He knows that I can beat him. I might not beat him the majority of the time, but he knows he can beat him. It's the only video game that I've played that actually I play uh, Smash Bros. too, and I can oh beat them God. in Smash Bros. sometimes. So, oh my um, yeah, that's not true. And don't see. I told you he's a liar. <laughs> and there he goes doing it again. Oh my gosh. All right, well, Shane. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thanks, Shane. We appreciate your time. PD, yeah. thanks so much. Craig, thanks so much. Leah, I am I am very impressed that you spend this much time with those two. Oh, thank you. And, uh, and that is you must be an remarkable patient woman to spend that much I time. I have this sign two. just in case. Yeah, it quiet, says please. quiet please that I can use. There you go. See? <laughs> I can see it. That's perfect. You definitely need that. Especially if they each get their own opinions going. They both are very opinionated. Exactly. And, and, and Craig will just agree with you and then not tell you that he disagrees. <laughs> I totally disagreed. Thank you for expressing your viewpoint, Shane. And then I don't agree with any of it. And Petey will just tell me right off the hop. Yeah. I disagree with your viewpoint. Yeah, Shane, I, you're wrong. I get that. Yeah. I can oh, see that man. for sure. Shane, and, and, and I know this is overused in the Valley. Um, 
you truly are not just a great athlete and a great representative of the Coyotes organization. You're an extremely good person. And everybody out there, everything you've heard about Shane Doan, it's not over the top. It is 100% all true. You're a good person first, and the rest follows after, Shane. So thanks Thank for taking you. the time. We really appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, I appreciate it, guys. Anytime you guys need me, I'll be, I'd love to come on. So thanks, awesome. guys. Awesome. Thanks so See much, Shane. Shane. See you guys. Great. Wow. Well, that was Shane Doan, long time. A full hour of Shane I didn't Doan. know the 19 story. I, I didn't, didn't, know. I didn't, I didn't know either, actually. I never heard that. I didn't know he was a different number. See, that's what you get in when you turn into PHNX. You get, like, how many interviews has he done? A few, probably, <laughs> yeah. in Arizona. I never knew the 19 story. Yeah, that was great. Can great we also just acknowledge that so somebody had pointed out he used veggie as the nickname? So yep. we, we got Clearly. him on board because this is a veggie only podcast so glad that he agrees with us on that one um yeah that was that was great that was stuff that was really Always fun well, yeah and you know what yeah I, I think it, it, it all comes full circle in what we're talking about here with this organization and how much he wears it on his sleeve you could see it in his face you could see it in his demeanor and what he said about the players that are going through this right now honestly i saw some of the comments people say they feel better about it now and and it does it means hey shane's still there and he's still helping he might be not driving the bus but he's surely on the bus and we talked about this in in that time period while he was away he needed to be a part of this organization it was it was a no-brainer to literally everybody in the nhl community that he needed to be a part of this organization so kudos to the coyotes for finally bringing him back in the fold and good to phnx for getting him here yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, you can get um, great content like a Shane Doan interview, but also all sorts of amazing content here at PHNX across the board. Um, all the beats, Cardinals, D-backs, Suns, Coyotes, U of A, ASU, all you of it. You said ASU. You left it to last. But, I did you know, leave it to last. Being a U of but, A know. alum that you are. Yeah, you know, U of A had their first win this they did week. get a win yeah. finally <laughs> exactly well you can um, find mm. all that great content and more at gophnx.com sign up to become a member join the family you get a shirt if you do you can get exactly this one that one craig where's your shirt sorry i didn't get the memo still <laughs> wow okay next time next time <laughs> craig <laughs> next time you're in studio um and as always uh, make sure you subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. Follow PHNX Sports across all social media platforms. And, of course, follow PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. We're still it's, – it's not off the table. If we hit 5,000 followers by the end of the year, Espo will take a slap shot. So please – Follow us on Twitter. and Please then, follow us on Twitter. Please. We all want to see that. We all want to see. Maybe we'll do it even if it doesn't happen. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and follow each of us at S. Peters Hockey, at Liam Merrill, at Craig S. Morgan. We'll be back tomorrow night for the post-game show after the Minnesota Wild game. Any closing thoughts from either of you? That was a great day. Yeah. Always yeah. good to talk to Shane. Always good. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.